Welcome to Know Your Risk Radio on 97.3 Cairo FM and AM 770 KTTH. Know Your Risk Radio is hosted by Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. Whether it's preservation of capital or an aggressive growth strategy, every investor needs a clearly defined risk profile. Know Your Risk Radio is brought to you by Bulwark Capital, helping families navigate the ever-changing and often volatile markets. Know Your Risk Radio starts now. Here's your host, Zach Abraham. And we are back, 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 back. Anyway, yeah, been a long time, but once again, I want to welcome you to the most scintillating hour in finance radio. Again, tongues very much much in cheek when we say that, but we're going to claim it. Like I always say, we're winning the race. It might be a one horse race, but it's a race that we're winning. Uh, Anyway. A lot to a lot to talk about, a lot to go over. I was in, in the first three minutes. The show we, the station we started out out uh, started out on up here in Seattle was seven seventy KTTH, and the way the timing works out, I always do the first three minutes with them. And um, I was just telling them once again, we've got we've got plenty to talk about, plenty to discuss. Feels like I haven't done a show in a really long time. It's only been well, it's been two weeks actually. Because we pre-recorded the end of the year special that aired last week. Um, yeah, so it has been two weeks. Not a lot's happened, but I do think a lot's happened. I do think a lot of, a lot of interesting things have happened. Um, a lot of it's shaking out kind of like we hoped, kind of like we thought. So that's good. Um, but the movements in this market continue to be very crazy. And we'll get it. I mean, I could spend an hour just talking about this alone. Um, but anyway, no, we, we first and foremost, getting into the market update here. Um, guys, this is really what we've been talking about. And this is what we've been warning about. Um, we, we, and I think we said, I mean, we were saying this shoot as easy as early as what I, I want to say five, six months ago, maybe even longer than that, that, um, we only think this crazy, right? These crazy valuations, all these tech companies going ballistic, all that's, you know, SPAC IPOs, all the craziness, right? That we've seen. We really thought that that could not persist much, much at all, actually, when interest rates rose. And, and, the, and the pain number to us that we were looking at is that 1.6 to 1.7% yield on the 10-year. Now, for those of you sitting at home going, you know, the 10-year, what are you talking about? Why do yields matter? What does it mean? So the 10-year treasury is, the, is a U.S. government bond. It's a 10-year government bond. And it is sort of the foundational piece of the finance industry, right? When people go yields popped 5% or, or you know, whatever, uh, what they're talking about normally is the U.S. 10-year treasury. Somebody might talk about 10s or 5s and 10s or or excuse me, we were talking about a 10, but twos and fives or maybe a 30-year. But w- when you're talking about rates in this business, you're talking about the 10-year treasury. And the reason that that's important is because the lower the yield, the lower the amount of interest the 10-year treasury pays you, right, the higher valuation you can justify uh, in stocks because you're making less to own the bond, right? Conversely, if that bond could pay, you know, if you could make 6% right now holding a treasury, a lot of you would probably sell a lot of stock. Well, maybe you wouldn't, but you should. <laughs> a lot of you'd probably sell a lot of stock and take that guaranteed 6%, right? And so that's kind of the inverse of that. So so interest rates, and the reason for it is when we look at stocks, we use discounted cash flow models, and we have to have a discount rate. Right, and a lot of us use that ten-year treasury for the discount rate. Meaning, you know, uh, you know, if we think a stock's going to make us eleven percent a year, and we're looking at whether that's good or not, we can't just say eleven percent a year is good. Good compared to what? Well, if we're looking at a stock that we think is a little bit risky, but we think it can make us eleven percent a year, and we go compare that against the ten-year U.S. Treasury currently paying one point seven percent, you know, eleven percent a year can justify considerably more risk, right? And so that, so that, and that's why the lower now, let's say that U.S. Treasury is paying five percent. Boy, now if I'm taking some risk, I better be getting compensated. I need to think that that stock's going to make me maybe thirteen to fifty. You know, anyway, it, it all depends on what kind of portfolio you're running and what your goals are as an investor. But when you hear me talking about that and why we say that interest rates 
uh, have a, now there's other reasons why, and this is kind of one of the things that we were looking at. One of the reasons we were warning everybody about this tech wreck, uh, we're going to get into ARC, uh, uh, the ARC funds run by Kathy Wood. We're going to get into those. And again, want to use, I talked to a client or somebody, a listener recently, and they said, you know, man, you just sure pick on her a lot. And they were joking. I, I really don't mean to. The reason I bring them up is to me, that is one of the biggest market indicators we have right now. And the reason for that is ARC is home to all of the most crazy priced tech companies. I'm not saying they're all bad. I'm not saying they're all going down. I'm not, I'm not making a judge. I'm just saying that that is ground zero for the most hyped, right? The highest valuation stocks. It's like the Janus 20 back in 1999. You know, it had pets.com, right? That's, that's why I use that as a reference. To me, it's a mania uh, uh, measurement. And um, when you see the Fed inflation ramping for, you know, hottest inflation prints we've had in 40 years. And the Fed starting to be audibly concerned about inflation, promising three rate hikes, and at the same time, pulling back on tape on their taper, right? Pulling back on the amount of quantitative easing, meaning pulling back on the number of bonds they're buying. When you see both of those things happening at the, at the same time, the last place on earth you want to be is in the high priced, high flying, crazy stuff. And should that always are, are good. Will, will good companies get washed out with the bad? Yes. I am just telling you that old adage, don't fight the Fed. When the Fed is pulling in both quantitative easing and interest rates at the same time, you don't want to be in that stuff. And when it, as it pertains to ARC, you know, you'd seen ARC bounce three times off of that 90 level at some point over the last six months or so, or maybe it's even a little bit longer than that. Um, and I was telling you, look, that the, the signal for this thing will be if it breaks 90, it's going to drop. Well, it broke through 90 the other day and then quickly dropped another 12, 15%. It's clawed a little bit of that back, but the, you know, people are like, Oh, this is, where's this coming from? It's rates guys. It's rates. They, it's just that simple. It's rates and pulling back on QE. Um, and, and the thing that concerns me about this is this is going to hammer and is hammering a lot of the stocks that most of the retail people are involved in because they don't believe you every single time they've seen a dip here in the past year, two years, three years, whatever the case may be, that was a dip to buy. Okay. Well, here's the difference. You didn't have 6.8% inflation back in those other dips. Okay. You didn't have the fed getting audibly concerned about inflation levels. You didn't have the fed pulling back on QE and rising rates three times in the same year. Now, will they get to three rate increases next year? I doubt it. And the reason why goes right back to what we were saying about mortgages for years or well, not for for a year and a half or so, which was, we think inflation will pop up. We think that the fed will probably could make the mistake and raise rates too early. And if they do that, housing is going to tumble. Now I don't think housing is going to collapse because I think what the fed will then do is either step in and pull the rate cuts or the rate hikes back, pull them off the table. Right, the guys, they didn't push these prices here just to let them fall back 30% on us. And I'm not saying that because I'm telling you not to worry. I'm saying that to illustrate how insane this has all gotten. Right, the Fed who used to, their original mandate was price stability of the currency. Right, now they're worried about mortgage rates, they're worried about yeah, you know, interest rates, bonds, corporate bonds now. So the, this is, but what I will tell you in there, and you know, maybe it pops, maybe it makes a fool out of me. This is why we've been saying that we thought this stuff was over. Maybe it comes back. I'm just telling you when when you look at the setup of a lot of this high flying stuff and you look at the movement of it, if rates continue to go up, that stuff is going to continue to be a house of pain. It is that simple. The only way I see a real, real I, the only way I see, now, again, I could be wrong. Markets can make a fool out of anybody, and, and I am not, I don't exclude myself from that. I've been doing this too long to know um, that I've got great confidence in, uh, you know, funny note the other day, a guy was like, you know, that sounds too good to be true. You, know, you said you've never lost money. 
Um, and which is true. I've never had an, I, maybe I did one, but it was really small, but I didn't. And I said, but I didn't tell you the other side of the story. I had a year 2013. I think I was up. It was either, we were up either six or 9%. Market was up 31. Anyway, I, I say that because we're not perfect. Nobody is. So I'm not telling you, I know what these things are going to do. I don't. I'm just telling you, this is just textbook. You back to 1999, everybody's like, what popped the internet bubble? Nothing one thing did, but the Fed start tightening, right? Go back to 06, 07, right? It wasn't the singular cause. There were other things involved. What happened? Fed start tightening. They were con- one of the things they were concerned about was rising oil. Sound familiar? Right? So it doesn't mean we all know what's playing out, how this is going to play out. I'm just telling you the one thing I know is if you are sold that inflation is here to stay, and I, you know, I, I think it's going to be kind of intermittent. I, I think it's going to come in waves. We'll have to see. But I do think it's here to stay. Um, and you think, we're, you know, which means rising rates are going to be here to stay. The, these are the last things you want to be in. And I think the thing that is so pernicious about this setup is that this environment is uniquely suited to hammer the stuff that everybody owns the most of. And it's uniquely suited for the, you know, the inflationary type plays, the oil, gas, natural resource type, and that's the stuff nobody owns. That's the same table we've been pounding on now for a year. And I don't have another table to pound on, so I'm going to keep pounding on it. <laughs> uh, no, and then, there, like I said, the, the, the flip side of it, guys, is that, you know, it's going to be a bumpy ride, I think, no matter where you are in this market. But there really are still just very compelling valuations out there. I think caught, you know, caused by this craziness on the tech side of things. All the money's migrated over there, and it's lost, left a lot of these things out in the cold. Um, there's all kinds of great opportunities. And as a matter of fact, you know, we're looking at the S&P. Uh, what is it? Down one, one and a half percent this week. Our value portfolio is up one. Um, momentum's anyway. We, overall, we're up on the week. Uh, S and P's down some, yeah, one and a half, two percent, something like that now. Um, but anyway, and it's because of that flight to value. I, it's it's happening. We've been talking about it for a year and a half, and um, all those opportunities are very much still there. This stuff is still ridiculously cheap, especially especially in the energy sectors. Um, you know, we could be wrong again, but these energy stocks are not reflecting economic reality at this point. So we'll have to see how it plays out. Anyway, got to take a quick break. We're going to be right back to talk about a perfect, perfect illustration of risk management or the lack thereof and how it can negatively impact your portfolio. Had a beautiful example of it this week. And don't mean to rub it in anybody's face. I just want to I want to illustrate to you and show you why it's important. Um, so stick with us. We'll be right back. As always, guys. If you're interested in how we do things, if you're interested in these crazy times of having real active management, people that are hedging the portfolios, you know, portfolios that last year when the market's down 36% in five weeks, we're only down six and yet still finish better than the market. You know, the advantage, if you think it would help to have somebody watching over your money and actively managing it and keeping it out of the, out of the way of the oncoming train. Give us a call, 866-779-RISKY and 866-779-RISK. Go to the radio show website, knowyourriskradio.com, bulwarkcapitalmanagement.com. Sign up for the podcast, Google Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Follow me on Twitter at KYR Radio. Anyway, you guys know the drill. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. This is Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham. Listen to Zach uncover the truth about the financial markets with simple and honest advice to help you plan for retirement. Get your free copy of Zach's new booklet, Common Sense Investing. Go to knowyourriskradio.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital and host of Know Your Risk Radio. And Zach, I know you and Bulwark are laser-focused on risk management. What is the biggest risk right now? ironically bonds really why because of all this money printing and the fact that we're still at zero interest rates it's likely to create some serious inflation and inflation crushes bonds if your portfolio has a significant portion in bonds you may need a bond replacement strategy now get our free booklet common sense investing to learn about bulwark's bond replacement strategy that shows you how to protect your retirement against loss but still seek market gains our goal is the highest returns with the least amount of risk and cost call now for your free copy of Zach's new version of Common Sense Investing. Learn about Bulwark's bond replacement strategy, 866-779-RISK, or go to knowyourriskradio.com. 
Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement where the firm's license to conduct business. Borough Capital's DBA of Clerk Creek Financial Management, registered investment advisor. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. And we are back. Um, okay, so before we jump into that illustration of risk, and I know you're probably dying. You're sitting there, oh no. I was dying. I know it's killing you, Darren. Now he's going to talk about a risk management example, and now he's going to pull it back. See, this is a tease. <laughs> I feel like I, I joke with my wife, oh, honey, you should have seen this trade setup. Blah, blah. And I get like three minutes into the explanation. I look at her, and she's kind of got this dead look in her eyes. You know, like, baby, I, I'm, I, I love what you do. I don't want to hear you talk to me about trade, <laughs> constructing a trade. Uh, anyway, so I was saying – the craziness. And when I, when I say the craziness lately, um, it's a lot of the same craziness we've seen, uh, but almost like a virus that's spread through the market. And if you're just watching the indexes, which probably a lot of you are, you're really not going to notice it. You'd be like, oh, yeah, the markets got hit the other day. And then, you know, it's kind of – but it doesn't look that different. Uh, again, the <laughs> – this the single stock volatility is just breathtaking. Uh, you know, watching some of these mega caps, and we've talked about that the, the crazy moves in mega caps. Um, some of even our mid and small cap stuff, you know, and, and those are traditionally volatile, right? So it doesn't really shock me, but still, just no news. Names swinging four, five, six percent in a day. Right, you had a day the other day where Nat gas was up three percent on the day. I think oil was up half a percent, and XOP, the energy sector, was down three. Uh, <laughs> it's just, and that's across the board. Um, the other day, all these protests. I don't know if you guys are keeping up. I'm sure Darren, you are. I'm sure you're keeping up on the political developments of Kazakhstan, right? Um, I'm sure most people aren't. We are. We are. So if you want your money managed by people that are keeping up on the political developments of Kazakhstan, uh, we're your guys. Uh, Okay, but here's why that's important. And and Darren, I'm sure you didn't know this. Kazakhstan is one of is the world's largest producer of uranium. Okay, so they've got massive protests and I'm not an expert on Kazakhstani politics we're not going to go down that route but they're having massive disruption energy power outages all kinds of issues there uh uh, protests going on um and when that news came out the price of uranium or the the uranium sector just took a dive and i'm sitting there scratching my head going and and if there's some uranium expert out there that has a has an explanation feel free to shoot me a dm on twitter or an email because maybe maybe there is a reason but um, when you see that kind of political upheaval and turmoil going on in a country that is the leading producer of a, of a commodity like uranium, you wouldn't expect that to be bad for the price of uranium, right? Um, anyway, just again, and, and, the, and there's all kinds of movements like that that really don't make any sense. Um, it's, it is wild out there. Okay, so I, I think I've got enough time. Darren, how much time do I have left in this segment? Do you know? I think I think we've got enough time. Five minutes. I think we got enough time. We got about five minutes. Um, but if we don't, we, we'll spill over and talk a little bit more in the in the next sector. We're not going to, but we're, we're, well, we won't have enough time. But we'll get to it anyway. The perfect example of risk management. Again, I am not picking on Kathy Wood. I think Kathy Wood is a smart human being. I think I, I'm a little torn. I. There's a lot of guys that I work with that think that she's or, – or, or, or colleagues, you know, guys that run funds and things like that. A lot of the guys who had had on the show, there, there's a good contingent of them that I respect um, that think that she knows exactly what she's doing and that she's just peddling ridiculously priced stuff. I, I tend to not think that, and I really want to keep that, that out of this conversation because this is not meant to be an analysis of her or her funds. Um, this is just a, a very good illustration of why risk management is important and how it can benefit long-term returns. So let's look at her fund, ARK. A-R-K-K is the symbol. Um, she'd been all over CNBC and all in the wall. Everybody wanted to interview her because 
let's see, in one year, I, I think it was from January 1 of last year to January 1 of this year, I think she was up 150% or something like that, 153%, vastly outperforming the S&P, okay? Her, her fund, ARKK, on, let's see here, on February 8th, 21 of, so last year, February 8th, hit a high of, man, was that a year ago? Holy smokes. February 8th of last year hit 156. Today is trading at 84. So a 48%, 49% drop. Okay, so when you do the, and people are like, well, yeah, but she was up 150. You're still up big. Uh Uh-uh. It's not the way this works, okay? She was up 150% because going into, let's take a look. Let's see. Going into, uh, going into last year. So we want to find out where she was in January of last year. January of last year, it was at 54 bucks, ARC was, okay? It goes to 153 and change or whatever, okay? So it's up 153, 158%, something like that. Okay, then it pulls back 50%. Today, it's up about 62% since last January, or basically, I think that puts her right in line with the S&P, if not a little underperforming. In eight months. In eight months, she goes from being the best researcher in the world, they made those returns. I'm not saying that that, that hit, that 50% hit, means that she's not. What I'm trying to explain to you is returns, meaning if you show me a fund that is up 153% in a year, I will show you a fund that can lose 50 to 70% in a year, if not more. Why do I say that? Because the only way you generate 153% returns in a year is by taking excess risk. Now, does that mean all the guys that have made 153% stock or in a year got hit for 50%? No. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying when you're running a straight equity portfolio, yes, that means that a hundred percent of the time you will. And, and I, it's, <laughs> you can't cheat the law. Number, nobody's going to keep that level of performance up. And, and I think that's what is particularly pernicious about this type of sell-off in those high flying names is everybody's loaded up in them and they all believe in them because they've worked, right? They made them a ton of money. Just ask them. And, and, and every time it got hit before, I should buy it. Go pull up a chart of the NASDAQ from, from 2000 to 2001. You see a lot of these rallies of fake hope and they bend over. I, you know, they, or they roll over. I, it's, we, I'll just tell you guys, I'll reiterate it again. It's not where you want to be when rates are going up, especially when they're tightening on quantitative tightening. And if you want your money managed by people that understand that and that make adjustments to interest rates going up and to inflation and start pivoting to cheaper, better priced areas of the market rather than just telling you to ride it up and down, rather than telling you to ride it up and down when you're down 50%, call us, 866-779-RISK and 866-779-RISK. Go to the radio show website, knowyourriskradio.com, bulwarkcapitalmanagement.com. You guys know the drill. Stick with us through the break. We're going to continue this conversation about risk management and get into a new one. You don't want to miss it. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This is the Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. This is Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham. Listen to Zach discuss key investment strategies across several asset classes, not just stocks and bonds. Get your free copy of Zach's new booklet, Common Sense Investing. Go to knowyourriskradio.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital and host of Know Your Risk Radio. And Zach, I know you and Bulwark are laser-focused on risk management. What is the biggest risk right now? Ironically, bonds. Really? Why? Because of all this money printing and the fact that we're still at zero interest rates, it's likely to create some serious inflation. And inflation crushes bonds. If your portfolio has a significant portion in bonds, you may need a bond replacement strategy now. Get our free booklet, Common Sense Investing, to learn about Bulwark's bond replacement strategy that shows you how to protect your retirement against loss, but still seek market gains. Our goal is the highest returns with the least amount of risk and cost. Call now for your free 
free copy of Zach's new version of Common Sense Investing. Learn about Bulwark's bond replacement strategy, 866-779-RISK, or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement where the firm is licensed to conduct business. Bulwark Capital is DBA of Clerk Creek Financial Management, registered investment advisor. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. And we're back. All right, so let's let me let me wrap this up because I'm not surprised that it took me longer than I thought. Uh, I'll admit it. I always wanted to be more of a stoic, you know. Uh, I suppose that we all want to be what we're not. <laughs> um, and I guess there are some things. When it comes to investing. I think I'm a, I'm a bit of a stoic. I'm pretty good at keep my keep my cool when things get crazy. But I'm loquacious, um, as my grandfather used to say. I like to talk. I hope I'm not like a black... Anyway, it shouldn't surprise you that I go over because I get rolling on something, especially talking about this stuff. I I like what I do. Uh, guilty as charged. But but um, getting in getting into it, I, I think uh, to 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 close up or or to or to tie up this conversation on Arc. Uh, I was having a conversation <clears throat> with a with a guy the other day. I'm actually going to be speaking to him today. So if he's listening to the show, man, I'm not picking on you. Uh, I actually didn't speak to him. He spoke to one of my one of my uh, one of the guys that one of one of my employees that works here. Um, but there's a couple things he said. He was asking about our performance, and he said he has some friends uh, that are just retail people, and they make uh, they average between thirty to eighty percent a year. And uh, that includes the down years too. Um, the, re- the reason I bring this up is not to call out him or his friend. Again, if he's listening, I don't mean to pick on you at all. That's why I'm obviously not going to use your name. Um, but when you get into markets like this, guys, you're going to hear a lot of this. This is not new. Some of it is going to be true. A lot of it is going to be exaggerated. Okay, I know this because I live, I work in an industry where I w- didn't know until about two years ago. Now, I've been managing money for 15 years. Why I didn't know, I don't really know. Um, <laughs> um, I didn't really know up until about two years ago that guys lied about how much money they managed. And I don't, they, and they do. It, it's almost like a double. Like if a guy tells you he manages $100 million, he probably manages between 40 to 50 why I don't know. It's it's a weird deal. Um, I've just always been one of those guys where I didn't want to say that because then it you know <laughs> I'm uh, like it means that I'm ashamed of what I'm managing or or I you know I just I I've just never gotten that. Um, but but you hear that with investors that same type of attitude with investors. They're going to tell you about the wins. Their, their buddy's going to show them two years back to back where they made 30, 40, or 50%. And they're going to, oh, he does it every year, even in the down years. Okay, let me, let me just tell you something for reference. If this guy averaged 30 to 80% a year, he'd be the greatest money manager to ever live, bar none. Okay, Buffett is crap. Drucken Miller's garbage. Peter Lynch sucks. Renaissance Capital's garbage. Okay, so I, what I can guarantee you is that's not true. Okay. Now, does that mean he didn't have a couple of those years back-to-back? No, but look at the stocks he did the best. Right? You could buy a bankrupt movie theater company and make 10 extra money. <laughs> right? People are like, well, Zach, you did GameStop. This is true. This is true. But, guys, we bought GameStop when it was had like GameStop when it had like a seven or $800 million market cap. I mean, it was undervalued. We sold it at 43 begrudgingly. Um, but my point is saying that you know, anything, I think GameStop's a good illustration. Any company can be a good investment, even if it's a bad company. I don't think GameStop's pretty. Now, I think GameStop potentially has some uh, uh, potential going forward, but not at these prices. But but any investment can be a good or bad investment. What, what, what makes the biggest difference is what you pay for it, right? And when you look at a portfolio, when you look at the types of stocks that have generated these returns from clients, again, it's just like 1999. There's another person. He was telling me about another person he knows that in the last two years took $1,000, turned it into $430,000. I'd be willing to bet you that's not true. At the same time, it's possible, and I'll tell you how it's possible. 
if, if, if that person did that, if they really did that, I'll tell you how they did it. They bought it by, they did it by buying short-term calls, basically taking advantage of gamma squeezes, right? That's been the wall street bets way of doing things. A lot of people have uh, hopped on that bandwagon. Okay. If that's what you've been doing in the last two weeks, I bet you there are people in the last two weeks that are down 50 to 70%. Because what happens is when you're buying short dated calls, you get them really cheap because they only have like a week or two left on them. But when you expire out of the money, that money's gone. It's not like a stock that went down 5%. You still own the stock. That option retire, uh, that option retire is worthless. It's gone. This, this reminds me, this situation reminds me a lot of back in 2018. At the at the the latter part of 2017, beginning of 2018, we were talking about how volatility, as measured by the VIX, the volatility index. So you can just type in VIX in a ticker symbol, and it will come up. Or you can type in VXX. That's an ETF that tracks the VIX loosely. I'm not advocating that you use it. It's it does. Just trust me. If you see the VIX, you want to get in there. You need to spend some time reading and learning because first of all, the ETN. It's actually an ETN, not an ETF. It does not track it perfectly, and you're basically trading an options instrument, which means that if the VIX doesn't go up or down, if it stays flat, you will be burning somewhere between 5 to 7% a month. Okay, so I'm not encouraging anybody to play with it. But it reminds me back in 2018, early 2018, late 2017, there were a bunch of ETFs out there and funds shorting the VIX. Now, we could go on for an hour. We could go on for probably five hours about that whole process and what it meant. But bottom line is, is VIX is something that has to come up. It cannot stay down forever. So when you're continually shorting something that has to go up, right, and you're shorting it at ever lower prices, eventually when it goes up, you're going to get destroyed. And there are people out there making six, 700% returns just shorting the VIX. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the VIX popped. I've told the story many times. We were sitting there waiting to get long because we knew that when it was going to pop, it was going to pop big. And I was on a flight down to Phoenix. All of a sudden, one day, the S&P closed up like 50 basis, half a percent up, you know, 60 base point up. Decent day in the markets. And the VIX was up like 8% out of nowhere. When you see that happen, maybe it was even like 10, 12% out of nowhere. When you see that happen, that usually means something weird's going on. And we knew that there was all this tension built up on the VIX. So we got long the VIX. And I think it was right around like 12 or 13, maybe even a little lower. And within the next three or four days, I think it hit 40 or 50. And those funds that were shorting it had total losses in a one-day period of time. Because the VIX, they they didn't go at zero... Right, they didn't go to zero because the VIX went to fifty. They went to zero when the VIX got to twenty. Right? Why do I say that's a good comparison? Because though we we were shorting the VIX at that time, we didn't know when it was going to happen, but we knew it was an eventuality. It had to happen. Right? The long term average of the VIX was twenty, going back to nineteen ninety three when it was invented. So it's going to get back to twenty, and when it gets back to its average, you're smoked. That's the same thing with these high-flying tech companies in an, in an environment where liquidity is being dried up, interest rates are going, going back up, and, and the Fed's taking quantitative easing off the table. It's the same thing. I can't give you the timetable. I just know that you're picking up pennies in front of a steamroller. And this is what happens. This all-star fund manager, and I, I'm, I don't wish you're bad. Hopefully they bounce back. I don't wish their investors bad either. I really don't. I, other people losing money doesn't benefit me. Okay, so I I don't wish ill on anybody. I just think that this is really topical because she's been such a big presence in the news. And so many people, and congratulations to him, so many people made so much money. Okay, but if you don't have a risk management process, what happens? You give it back. You give it back in a three-month period of time out of nowhere. And you're like, oh, it's going to bounce right back. Well, fine. But shouldn't you have taken some off the table? Shouldn't you exercise risk management? Because if you're right and ARC is headed to 200, wouldn't you like some dry powder to buy some more? And for that matter, I don't think that's the case. I think you stick a fork in this thing. 
Now, I could be wrong. I've danced on the grave of Tesla too many times. To I'm not doing it again. And I'm not going to do And again, I don't wish them ill. I'm just saying you couldn't have a worse environment for these types of things. And like I've said a bunch of times, that's what the vast majority you're exposed to. Even if you don't think you are. You got it in ETFs. You got it in the NASDAQ. Right? I mean, it's all in there. Now, all of a sudden, you know, I'm looking at our value portfolio. Now, all of a sudden, you know, I was sitting there feeling like a dunce because, you know, Kathy Wood had killed me so hard. Now, all of a sudden, our performance is basically, I got to go check the numbers, but I think we're basically tied. If not, no, I don't think we're ahead, but we're basically tied uh, with her over since, since since January 1 of last year. Why? Risk management. And like I said, I don't think the pain's over. And that's the other thing they, you know, that people don't think about. They think about loss. What about preservation of principle? Right? It was, it's like, you know, bed, bath, and beyond. You got to know when to cash things in. Now, we got back involved in a little bit in bed, bath, and beyond, and we're currently down. Gave a little bit back, which I'm irritated by, but I think, it, I think it's got some potential that's not a recommendation not advising you do it it's a it's a deep value type scenario and those are sticky okay so i'm not advising that you get involved but you know it was like it, it was like bed bath and beyond you know it, it it nobody was expecting it to go up that much but when it did it got above our valuation numbers we started selling at like 46 i think we sold between 4550 and 4650 if i remember correctly right around 46 was the average and it kept going up. And I was sitting there watching it going, look, I just, you know, we did the same thing with GameStop, right? Sold it. Now, that's a little different because it still, it still went, it still stayed a lot higher. But, you know, you got to know when to cash those things in and take some profits and manage that risk. And, um, you know, that's a perfect example of what you don't. It's not even, it, like I said, it's not even just to preserve or protect against the catastrophic loss. What about protecting a monster year? Right? What about just that? What about taking some money off the table? And that's and guys, that's that's what the name of the game is. I saw a new chart out today where they showed they showed stock market returns. So so they looked at it, it was a running chart going back, I want to say sixty or seventy years, showing the return of the stock market at valuation. So it's a chart that shows, okay, when the stock market was at a twenty price to earnings ratio. Back then, this is what it returned over the next 10 years. And it showed that when you look now at where we're at, based on the valuation of our stock market, I mean, it sticks out like a sore thumb. We are by far the most expensive stock market with the least expected forward returns of any stock market setup we've seen in the last 60 to 70 years, if not further. I I don't know. The chart didn't go back that far. Now, does that mean the market's going to implode tomorrow? Does that mean an impending crash is right? No. But what it does mean is you should be probably looking, you should be a little defensive, right? When I look down the road at something and I see that the outcomes every single time have been catastrophic, it doesn't mean they're going to do it again, right? But it does mean I should probably be aware of that and take that into consideration. Like I tell our guys, you know, if this market was to crash and our clients were to lose 65%, what would I look at them and say? Would I tell a man who could have seen it coming? Well, there's all kinds of data points that say it's coming. Now, this is a little bit different, right? Because of what the government's doing and all the money and the spending and the interest rates. So what do we need? We need a portfolio that can work in either situation. If the market continues to go up, we can go with it. But when the wheels come off and this thing smashes into the brick wall, we've got restraints. We've got airbags, right? That's what we do, guys. We earn our fee by attempt. Don't do it all the time, but by attempting to deliver better results. Wouldn't you like to have gone through last March and not panic because you checked your account and you were only down six? That's what we do. There's a better way, and we can do it and save you on fees, and we can do it and increase your upside. It's not smoke and mirrors. Give us a call, 866-779-RISK, and 866-779-RISK. Go to the radio show website, knowyourriskradio.com, bulwarkcapitalmanagement.com. Call us. You can speak to me, one of our advisors. There is no high-pressure stuff, guys. We do a consultation. Go over your current portfolio. 
Next, we build you a portfolio proposal, tell you what it's going to cost, send you on your way, tell you if you want to do business, give us a call. It's that simple. So give us a call, 866-779-RISK. We'll be back right after the break. Stick with us. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. Do better in bull markets. Do better in bear markets. Pay less fees in all markets. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. You can subscribe to Zach's free newsletter, The Bulwark Insider Report, at knowyourriskradio.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital and host of Know Your Risk Radio. Zach, what's the number one concern with people's investments right now? Without a doubt, Dory, it's inflation, and it's here. With all this money printing and with still 0% interest rates, inflation will very likely rise, and when inflation rises, bonds get smoked. We've been telling people for six years, if you're using bonds in the old-school 60-40 mix as the safe portion of your portfolio, you're taking a serious gamble with your retirement. Well, what should our listeners do? If you're worried about inflation, we believe that you should consider getting out of bonds and get educated with Bulwark's bond replacement strategy. We teach you exactly how to do it in our free booklet, Common Sense Investing. Learn how to protect your portfolio against loss, but still seek to grow your assets. Call Zach now for your free copy of Common Sense Investing, 866-779-RISK, or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement with the firm's license to conduct business. Bulwark Capital is a DBA of Clerk Creek Financial Management, registered investment advisor. What does outside-the-box investing really look like? Schedule your free risk review with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management, and see a side-by-side comparison of your current portfolio versus one Zach would recommend. Schedule your free risk review at knowyourriskradio.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital and host of Know Your Risk Radio. And Zach, I know you and Bulwark are laser-focused on risk management. What is the biggest risk right now? Ironically, bonds. Really? Why? Because of all this money printing and the fact that we're still at zero interest rates, it's likely to create some serious inflation. And inflation crushes bonds. If your portfolio has a significant portion in bonds, you may need a bond replacement strategy now. Get our free booklet, Common Sense Investing, to learn about Bulwark's bond replacement strategy that shows you how to protect your retirement against loss, but still seek market gains. Our goal is the highest returns with the least amount of risk and cost. Call now for your free copy of Zach's new version of Common Sense Investing. Learn about Bulwark's bond replacement strategy, 866-779-RISK, or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement where the firm's license to conduct business. Bulwark Capital's DBA of Clerk Creek Financial Management, registered investment advisor. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. And we are back. All right. Again, I, I, this seems to be the theme of the day. I'm not cheering this on. I'm not hoping for bad outcomes. Okay. I also don't mean to be piling on. But I will also admit, I've been on the radio now for six, is it six years? Six and a half years? Something like that. So a lot of you that have been listening to us from the very beginning, first of all, my apologies. (laughs) My my wife sends along her condolences. My kids do too at times, I'm sure. Um, But if you've been listening for a while, you've probably heard me go off the rails on the Fed. And... uh, I appreciate you for sticking with us because several years there, you're sitting there going, yeah, this guy says a lot about the Fed. He seems to know what he's talking about, but all I see is the market going up. I think this guy's full of it. And if that was you, God bless you for hanging on and giving us a chance. But the reason why I want to bring this up is it's a little bit surreal. Um, it, 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 and I don't know why it's surreal. I the that part of this job never really changes for me. Meaning um, when you see a situation and you really see it clearly and you're like, okay, this is how, this is how I think this is going to play out. Watching it come together and play out that way is always kind of shocking. Um, you know, you're sitting there and, you, and people look at me before and I'm like, why are you shocked? That's what you, that's what you said you thought was going to happen. And I'm like, well, yeah, but you're expecting to be wrong, right? You're never expecting it to work exactly the way you think. And this one didn't either. It took longer than I thought it did. But we we use the terminology many times saying that we believe that the Fed, when I say the Fed, I'm talking about the Federal Reserve Bank, right? Ben Bernanke, Janet Yellen, the people that set interest rates, 
we said that we believe that they were painting themselves in a corner. And what did we mean by that? What we meant was, is that by constantly using stimulus and ever lower interest rates to stimulate the economy, they would reach a point because what happens when you do that? That's called financial repression. Okay. And what ha- one of the one of the side effects of that, especially when when done so centrally around low interest rates, which is you know the main tool, if you will, of financial repression, which is basically and all financial repression means is that you're 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 taking active government or or the central bank is taking actions or whatever central controlling body is taking actions that are pushing otherwise conservative investors further out on the risk curve. So getting traditional bondholders to buy mutual funds. Sound familiar, right? Uh, why do you have to buy the mutual funds? Because the bonds aren't paying enough and you can't make anything off CDs, right? That That's called financial repression. It's a fancy $10 word for it. Um, <clears throat> but, but what happens is when you do that long enough, because you're using low interest rate policy, you encourage a massive leveraging, right? People take on more debt because debt's cheaper. To the point where you get to today, where I believe corporate debt now stands stands at about 63, 65% of GDP. I think the long-term average is like 35%, 40%, something like that. Uh, You know, housing debt, is it a record? Um, I think, yeah, it's got to be. I don't, don't, I haven't checked that number, so don't take that one for gospel. But you build up all this debt and you do it at record low interest rates. Well, when you right when inflation pops its ugly head into the into the party. Right. The only real tool you've got as a central bank. To fight inflation is to raise interest rates. Well, that becomes a problem when all of the asset prices in your economy and in your marketplace have all been pushed to records, record highs via low interest rates, meaning you start pushing up interest rates, you might tamp out inflation. You're also going to bring in deflation. You're going to start dropping prices and dropping them too radically. The housing market's a perfect example. What do you think would happen to housing prices if mortgage rates went to five? Well, I'll tell you, I think you drop 10 to 15% on average. So this is the problem when, and, 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 you know, philosophically, you could literally see it coming from 10 miles away. Meaning if you continually go back, right, go, go back to the, go back to the well of free money and low interest rates, you will eventually generate inflation. Then what are you going to do when you generate it? Right? Like we've always said that we thought inflation was like, right. uh, uh, The dog chasing the car, right? What happens when he finally catches it? Right. The central banks were like the dog chasing the car. We got to generate inflation. We got to do quantitative easing to generate inflation. We got to push interest rates. We got to generate inflation. Fine. What are you going to do when you catch it? Right, guys. And this guy goes right into life. Right. Is it any surprise? What do we get good out of life that doesn't take pain? Doesn't take some work. Doesn't take some sacrifice. Do you really think we can execute monetary policy in such a way that we can eliminate the downside of markets, that we can get rid of recessions? And if we do, is that necessarily going to be a good thing? You know, we've talked a lot about in this show. It's interesting to me, right, that the culture and virtually all measurements is breaking down into unparalleled chaos that we haven't seen, or at least chaos we haven't seen before. And oh, by the way, the financial market is also upside down and completely unattached to reality. If you think those two things are disconnected, I got a bridge to sell you. And, and I'm not just talking my book and I don't, I don't plan this out. But guys, this is why we're such advocates of risk management. You guys are out there in those ETF mutual fund portfolios just riding the wave. Well, markets trend higher. Fine. Go look at what markets do when they're at these valuations. Now, could they keep going higher because of government intervention? Yes. Should you risk your retirement on it? No. There's a better way. You can have somebody constantly watching over your money whose income, right, whose livelihood is tied to how your money performs. That's one of the reasons we really like to protect client capital in downturns. I don't want my, I don't want my income dropping 40%. Right? Your fate and mine are tied. We're interlinked. We're partners. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, 
And look, and like I've said before, if we're wrong, and this is the bull market that can go on forever, great. You're going to make tons of money. As a matter of fact, you'll make more money in our portfolios on average. I can't guarantee stuff, right? I don't want to get in trouble with the regulators. But just by getting rid of the bonds and getting to our bond replacement, we're going to give you way more upside than your current portfolio and give you all for less fees. But if we're right and the stuff hits the fan, instead of being down 40 or 50% like you were last March or, God forbid, even worse, our clients were down six. There's a better way. If we're blowing smoke and charlatans, I don't think we'd be in three different states and still on the radio. But anyway, just give us a call. 866-779-RISK and 866-779-RISK. Go to the radio show website, knowyourriskradio.com, bulwarkcapitalmanagement.com. You guys know the drill. And guys, if you don't like what I have to say or you don't want to go to somebody like us, right? there's other active managers out there. There's not many of us left. We're kind of a dying breed, last of the Mohicans. But uh, there are other active managers out there. I was having this conversation with a guy the other day. I said, look, we're not for everybody, but if you're not going to go with us, get out of Merrill Lynch. Quit paying them one per one and a half percent rent on your money per year. Right? Go to Vanguard, get the exact same thing, and pay nothing. Or go get an active manager. Obviously, I think that that's best. But there's just mu- there's a better way. There's a better mousetrap. So give us a call eight six six seven seven nine risk and eight six six seven seven nine risk. Go to the radio show website knowyourriskradio.com, boardcapitalmanagement.com. You guys know the drill. Sign up for the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at kyr radio. Hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Also, we're playing the Cardinals, so our, our fans down in Phoenix this weekend. Best of luck to you. And it doesn't really matter if we win. So I guess I'm kind of wishing you luck, but go Hawks too, I guess. Anyway, have a great weekend. We'll be back next week. You're listening to the Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. Thanks for listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. Whether it's preservation of capital or an aggressive growth strategy, every investor needs a clearly defined risk profile. Schedule your free risk review with Zach Abraham now at knowyourriskradio.com. Zach will be back with more Know Your Risk Radio next Saturday at noon on 97.3 Cairo FM and AM 770 KTTH. Opinions expressed in this program are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Clear Creek Financial Management, a registered investment advisor.